Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To a Celtic state of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Lawrence Conley and Ian Conroy. Welcome back to the show, guys. We're getting our one hour Celtic fix this afternoon. It's half past midnight where you are, Ian. What did you make of the, the game over the weekend? How did you watch it as well? Is there a wee club that you go to? How do you enjoy the Celtic games over there? Or is it in the middle of the night and you don't enjoy them? No, uh, yeah, I, I always enjoy them if we win, you know. Um, I watched this game, I just watched it at home. Um, there is a Celtic supporters club. There's a, a wee pub uh, in a place called Newmarket, just outside Auckland. So any, anybody listening from New Zealand, they'll, they'll, they'll know the Clara. Um, it's a wee, a wee pub um, that most people go to. Apparently, uh, Kevin Bridges is playing in a couple of weeks and apparently he he um, seeks it out when he plays. So like the last time he played, he went down to see it. You know, So there's a, there's a few people going in. And, which is a great thing about, about I suppose, supporters of any club, really especially a club like ours, you know, where you can go anywhere, in pretty much anywhere in the world and you'll find somewhere like a, a sports club and you'll be able to find it and watch it. But on this occasion, I watched it at home on my own and thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Not a bad... Uh, it's starting to kick into groove, isn't it? It's, um, it definitely is. It definitely yeah. is. It, it's more fluid, Ian. It's, um, it's not as laboured. I think there was a transitional period there that we probably didn't consider because we just thought, you know what, all these guys know each other, they've played well for Ange, that's going to continue. But Brendan's come in and he said his own kind of view on how it's going to look, how we're going to shape up. By the way, we do have Liam uh, dialing in from Japan. I'm just going to bring him into the equation. There we are. There's the full back four now in place, Liam. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure which one you are. I'm going to say you're the Carter Vickers of this squad here. Um, oh. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, Liam? I'm feeling like the Raphael of this squad at the moment, to be quite honest with you, mate. I am not feeling great. I've uh, oh dear. got a wee, wee bit of a virus going on here. Um, and uh, if I sound a bit rough, just bear in mind I've got a cocktail of perfectly legal antiviral drugs in my system right now. Okay, well, <laughs> thanks for, uh, you know, re- regardless of all that, stepping up to the plate. Um, Lawrence Conley, it must be great to be, you know, in a wee pocket somewhere on the globe and seeking out a CSC. You have got like an internal antennae, haven't you, for a Celtic boozer, no matter where you are on the globe. I remember that when we were doing at the awards in London. Oh, yeah, cool to have him, mate. Two Celtic Sports Club leave for there, you know, <laughs> top pub, Sheila runs a cracking boozer. So, yes, cool to have him's good. If that's too, obviously the boys over in Wimbledon. You could mm-hmm. even be around Monaghan Crescent if you're, you're further into Camden than, than the clock uh, for the Sheep Paving Bay. But but yeah, it's you know if you're travelling somewhere, you've got to get your products sorted, haven't you? You've got to find the selling boozer. You've got to look it out. And if there's nothing listed, you've got to then go, right, if it's an Irish boozer, there's a good chance 
You know, it's just about priorities, isn't it? Well, it is, Lawrence, but just to fill everybody in, we were on a, a train journey. You were already down in London. We were joining you down there, and maybe every half an hour we were getting a wee picture of a pint of Guinness and a different boozer from Lawrence Conley, a man who should really contribute to the Celtic Bars book. Uh, I know that the, the chap who runs Celtic Bars is writing a book. Lawrence could maybe give you uh, a few pointers on this one. Jungle Lion, of course it is, 100%. Of course it's a wig. It's uh, well-known that uh, I am a wig-wearing uh, podcast host. So there it is. The, the secret is out. Uh, I can't help it. Um, one of these days I will unmask it and give everybody a shock. But yeah, let us know your thoughts on everything that's happening in the world of Celtic. The performance at Tyne Castle, I think on the back of the Killy performance as well, Lawrence, I'll stick with you on this one, shows, like Ian says, that Celtic are getting into that Brendan Rodgers groove. There was a confidence and a flow to the play. Um, and, you know, it's come at the right time, going into arguably the the uh, the toughest game. Uh, obviously, it's going to be tougher away from home. But Atletico Madrid, probably the toughest game of that group uh, on Wednesday night. Does it fill you with any more confidence than you had before? For, for the Atletico game, uh, I suppose the closer I get to that game, I, I kind of naturally get more confident about Celtic in Europe at home, you know, kind of. If it's three days out to face Real Madrid, I was like, oh, it's Real Madrid, no chance. And then the hour before kickoff, I thought, yeah, we'll do it. He's a small, you know, at Celtic Park. Half-time. <laughs> you know? Kevin McCluskey and I were still thinking that at half-time. Yeah, so, listen, it's a tough game. We've got to take the three points. I think we need four points from Atletico, and, you know, we really need to win the home game. Do have any chance of going through? But, yeah, players are getting into the groove. You know, Brendan's made some great improvements. You know, Liam Scales vastly improved. Matt O'Reilly, oh, what a finish. You know, if there was one thing you thought was maybe lacking in his game was his finishing. Uh, but that was just sublime, wasn't it? It was brilliant. It was brilliant. I want to talk to uh, all you guys about individual players' performances. And uh, with regards to Liam, a, a player that we have spoken about time and time again, he got on the score sheet. I was so chuffed for him at the weekend. Tomoki Awata. Uh, James has written a blog on where he is. What is his role at Celtic? Liam, you've seen him prior to coming to the club. He was the most valuable player in Japanese football before we signed him, initially on a loan deal and then permanent. Got him for under a million quid. So adaptable, uh, low-maintenance kind of player who will fill in at right-back, centre-half if you need him. But I think my personal view is he's a better midfield player and he showed that again at Tynecastle, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really, I really like the way that before he took his goal, you know, when O had the multiple shots in the run-up to it, Iwata is right behind him, screaming for the ball, you know, saying, give me it. And as soon as he gets it, he's like, right, there's how you do it. Bang, right in the net. It was really um, no uh, no, no time-wasting. For a guy who doesn't score that many goals, he took that like a, like a, real, like a real striker. Um, it, was a, it was a great finish. And like you say, great to see. Um, he is a defensive midfielder. That's his best role. Yeah. But it, it kind of reminds me a bit of a, of Nier Beaton, you know, a guy who we saw the best of him when he played defensive midfield, but he was a guy who could fill in multiple roles as and when required. And he never put in, you know, he, he never gave any less than a hundred percent for the team. And I think Iwata is very much in that mold. He might not start every week, but when he does, he's always going to put in a hundred and ten percent. You know this, these types of players, Ian, are absolutely key to the squad game, aren't they? I mean, I know that Chris Sutton played most weeks, but he was a guy that could play in the midfield, he could play at centre-half as well as up top. And I think if you've got two or three of these players, these guys who can adapt to any number of positions or, or shapes within your team, they're absolutely vital. They're not going to play every week. I mean, he's only played something like 70-odd minutes this season. Um, has a water. He's come on against Feyenoord. He came on against Livingston both on both occasions when we had lost men. Um, and then he comes on at the weekend in his best position. I agree with Liam. Um, and he really, I, I thought he shone. I think he's a he's a guy who's an enforcer. He's the type of player, and I think that tomorrow night, if you're doing okay at 60-65, you want to shore it up. A water is a great option, isn't he? I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, the flip side of that, obviously, is you, you, you don't get a chance to to get that level of consistency in a performance, you know, but of course, you know, so that means that you've got to, the, the level of player, the calibre of player has got to be really high, you know, that they slot in and, 
and and do these 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 jobs, especially in the defensive, sitting in front of of, of, a, of a defense. Sorry, um, yeah, I think I think he's a he's a, he's a, he's a class act to be honest. I, it's a, I think we would have seen more of him had we not had better performers. In front, that's, a, that's a cliche thing to say, you know. But I think he's been unlucky not to get more of a run in the team. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's a, 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 a gets a good shout. Yeah, if we're, if we're doing all right, hopefully he can come on and yeah, just keep that 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 showed up. Yeah, he's got a bit of I don't know. It's a bit of a presence, a physical presence there. Um, that in Europe, you know, Alan Morrison spoke about this. It's something that we do lack in the midfield, albeit we've got some real creative players in there. Um, Lawrence, at some point today, we need to talk about the impact of Brendan Rodgers because you know when I was looking at that side that started uh, the game there at the weekend, only one of the players that started at Tynecastle were brought in under Brendan Rodgers in the pre-season. Um, the rest of them were assembled prior to his arrival. But it does look, Lawrence, as though he is starting to make his mark on this team. He really is making a positive impression on it. He's starting to decide the types of players he might not fancy. You know, Turnbull's not really getting a shout now. Lagerbelt's dropped off the bench. And you're starting to see the identity of his side now, Lawrence. Yeah. Listen, uh, Brendan improves players. That's the main thing about him, isn't it? You know, I was listening to... Uh, a friend the other night and he was saying, you know, Anil, he brought in ready-made players. That was the thing, you know, the calibre players he brought in were already top draw. And Brendan came in last time, you know, yeah, Scott Sinclair, top player. The rest of the players, he really improved. The Brown and McGregor. And you're looking for him to do the same just now, you know, because that's the type of manager you probably want with a strategy, you know. Buy the players in with potential and move them on. Well, you need someone that's going to develop that potential. And I think mm. this season... Matt O'Reilly's, you know, made it the biggest development in his time at the club so far in a few months of this season. So, yeah, whether we're here or not, or whether Brendan signed him, you know, he's going to do his best for Celtic. You know, and I noticed the song was back at the weekend as well. Wanted to talk about that. Um, not many fans in the stadium, Lawrence, but you're right. Uh, Brendan Rogers' name was being chanted. We spoke about it yesterday. And, you know, I said when he, when he took over, Liam, about the fact that success will uh, bring forgiveness if forgiveness is indeed required for uh, what happened last time round. He's getting that success. Obviously, there's been a couple of wee uh, hiccups along the way. Getting knocked out of the cup wasn't great and uh, dropped my couple of points at home. Uh, everybody went into meltdown after that particular <laughs> game. Um, however, we're sitting pretty at the top of the league, seven points ahead We've been unlucky in the Champions League and there's been a few other things that he's done, a few other moves that he's made um, which have resulted in a lot of Celtic fans, obviously not every Celtic fan, moving on from what happened before, Liam. It was great to hear his name getting chanted at Tynecastle, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I liked, you know, I like to think that I, I kind of called this one because I said pre-season, as soon as we beat Rangers, all the negativity goes away. And that's pretty much what's happened. Um, you know, we got that result at Ibrooks, and then moving on for there, we've had we've been you know unbeaten in the league since then. And like you say, we've had a, a couple of decent efforts in Europe, albeit no points on the board yet. Um, and I think yeah, it's look at the end of the day, you know. <laughs> I used an extreme example before. I said you could put Graham Souness in charge of that Celtic team and as long as they were winning, eventually fans would come round to it, you know. Um, and I do think that. I think the manager is a figurehead, but as long as the team is doing well, the the manager will win over even the most ardent critics eventually. And, you know, hands up, I was not 100% on board with Rodgers coming back. I, I made that well known in some of our pre-season chats. But he's come in, he's done exactly what we knew he was capable of doing as a manager. And he's also shown a couple of really nice touches as a human being. Um, you know, coming along to the St. Rocks game, what yeah. he did for Leo Abada last week was an absolute, um, an absolute class act. And that really, actually, you know, more than anything that happened on the pitch, um, reading about his conversations with Leo Abada in light of everything that's going on, which I won't go into, but that really, to me, I thought, you know, that, that's a good man. That's not just a great manager. That, that's a good man we've got in the building there. And I'm really glad to be able to say that. 
I remember uh, when we, we clinched the invincible treble in his first season. What a way to start. And I was talking to Ali Begg, a uh, well-known Aberdeen fan who used to work for Celtic TV. He was also in a boy band, Ian. Can you remember the name of the boy band he was in? Was it Bad Boys boy, Inc.? Uh, Bad Boys Inc., wasn't it? Bad Boys you, you took a glance to your right because you've still got one of their CDs in your holder over there, haven't you? <laughs> no, no, Bad Boys <laughs> <laughs> the poster. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he posted recently on uh, Twitter. It was his royalty statement. He was paid eight pence for okay. record sales in the last quarter. So obviously the band have still got a big following. But I was talking to Ali and he was going on about the fact that it's these tiny margins. There was a story about he did something in the dressing room prior to all the players arriving um, to all their lockers. So when they came in, there was a message or something from, I think it might have been a member of their family. There was a message for each of the players prior to the game. And he said, you know what, that could give them just that wee extra bit in a match. It was all about mind games and all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure about Liam's uh, assertion that Graham Soonis would ever be accepted <laughs> at the helm at Celtic. Uh, but I tell you what, Brendan, it just shows you, though, that, that, you know, coming in, and I think he's came in quite low-key, Ian. You know, there wasn't the big 13,000 fanfare at Celtic Park. Everything he's done has been pretty low-key. Um, there's no been any what you would maybe describe as marquee signings. You know, you knew that Sinclair was his boy. You knew that Toure was his boy when he brought them in. No marquee signings, and he's got on with it, and he's gone under the radar. Uh, but I think that was the only way he could really approach it this time around, isn't it? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's been a quiet evolution. I think is, is kind of the word. There's been no revolution. You know, it's been a wee evolution and it's it's come in. Um, I was worried... I'm sure a lot of us were worried. I was worried that he'd maybe lost his mojo, or you know, he didn't have he didn't have the same clout, or whatever it was. It just didn't seem that like he had that kind of indelible grip that he had the first time around. And that, that that kind of that persona. He came in as a kind of a Hollywood superstar almost when he came into the fanfare the first time. You know, and he kind of he just kind of like you say slipped under the radar. Um, but it's just been slowly but surely. As I said, as, as I said before, you know, and you can see that. The work he keeps saying, you know, that, you know he, he knows how to work, you know, and it's like, you know, let's get to work. And he kept talking about unity. You can see it all sort of coming together now, you know, and 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 and, and the players seem to be on board. You look at Matt O'Reilly. You look like, you know, he, he looked like he was in love with 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 Ange as we all were, mm. but now even in the interviews, he's speaking of he's speaking in those, in those platitudes of of Rogers, you know, the, the type of man he is. He's man management. That's really connecting with him, and it's it's ratcheting up a, a level for him, and as as it is certain other players as well, you know, and it's and it's spreading spreading the love to us in the stands, you know. We're we're, we're seeing we're seeing the fruits of his labour. I think really that quiet that quiet evolution is 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 has been a it's on show now for us to see, you know, and, and long may it continue. Yeah. And and again, wouldn't it just be great timing wise for tomorrow night for us to get some points on the board against Atletico Madrid. I want to talk about the situation with the fan base, the away ticket allocation, and of course the big game tomorrow night. But before we do that, today is the fiftieth birthday of the one and only Jackie McNamara. Lawrence Jackie joined us earlier this year for um a Celtic State of Mind live in Gracie's top top block. What's your big best memories of wee Jackie? Fifty year old today. Yeah, I think it's probably, you know, when Tommy signed them, having Simon out in the right-hand side of the park, I think mm-hmm. Tommy's team was just unbelievable that season. Uh, some unbelievable decisions, you know, having to play Saturday mornings after arriving at midnight and Friday back home from European games. But lost one game, didn't win the league. But what a style of football they played. Uh, it was just it was just brilliant to, uh, to watch, wasn't it? Uh, 
you know, he scored a few goals, I think he scored against Liverpool, didn't he? He did. He did. Ball bounced up, that was crack and finish from him. But, you know, a, a true uh, Celtic style of fullback, isn't he? Or, or, Aye, or he was. was. And yeah. then it took a wee bit of time to win Martin O'Neill round, didn't he? Martin wasn't fully convinced, but I think he was convinced by the end. Again, though, Lawrence, he was a guy that maybe started out as a overlapping right back, but as as his game and his experience uh, grew, he could play in the centre of defence. He could play in the centre of midfield. He was sometimes deployed on the right hand side, further up the park. Jackie McNamara for me was uh, a tremendous captain for Celtic as well, and I was kind of gutted Liam when he left. I, I just thought it was all a bit premature when he left under Gordon Strachan when Strach came in. Mm, yeah, I. Like you said, the, the the one thing that sticks out with me with Jackie McNamara is the fact that he was always dependable. Um, I don't think I ever saw a game where he was any less than a seven out of ten. You know, he was always there, always, always amongst the conversation for man of the match when he played, um, because you could never fault his effort. Um, yeah, the goal against Liverpool was a particular highlight for me. Um, I, I remember that quite vividly. Um, the the exasperation and shock from the English commentators that this wee Scottish team could actually do some damage to a club from England, you know, um, and yeah, it was a uh, yeah, he's just a great servant to the club, and I mean that in the in the nicest way. Um, it's a bit of a cliche to say that, but yeah, when you when you talk about great servants to Celtic down the years, Jackie McNamara is definitely part of that conversation, and. Uh, yeah, he he did, he did leave a wee bit early for me as well. But, um, you know, new manager comes in. There are some players that we think are not part of the picture who become part of the picture. And there are also players who we think are mainstays who end up yeah. being out the door. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just it's it's natural evolution, unfortunately. Um, and I think it also speaks to Jackie's ability that he did evolve as a player under multiple different managers playing multiple different systems and he made a, a, a significant contribution to each of them. You know, if you think about Tommy Burns, Vim Janssen, jo- Dr. Joe, John Barnes, Martin O'Neill, they all played very different styles of football to varying degrees of success and Jackie was a part of it every time. He was, he was. And you know, the other thing I loved, you and I know this would appeal to you, is it was so vintage in terms of being a 90s Footballer with that crossover to music. Him and we Simon seemed to be quite hip. They were into their their tunes. He had the floppy fringe. Him and Simon did. Simon done a thing in the Celtic View, I remember. Um, and he was talking about his top tunes, and he was name dropping the Stone Roses and Teenage Fan Club and all these guys. I thought, well, he's the coolest guy at Celtic Park. But they were just quintessentially nineties with the baggy jerseys and all that as well, weren't they? Ian? They did. Remember, it was like in the time of Loaded magazine, you know, and you had like the Spice Boys at Liverpool. Uh, you know, there were like close horses and stuff like that. But like you say, none of them name checked Teenage Fan Club or, you know, I saw them at a couple of gigs back in the day as well. I remember seeing them were queuing up to get tickets um, uh, that were put by for us, uh, 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 for Travis and stuff like that. So there were big, big music heads. Oasis gigs as well. I saw there were a few Oasis gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but Jack, Jackie McNamara, aside from the fact that he was Mr. Dependable and a, gr- a good player and, you know, lives long in the memory for me. I say this a lot, but it's really important to me and important to a lot of us. A good guy. Imagine a really good good presence in the dressing room, you know, and uh, just a, obviously his dad, the history of his dad as a footballer and playing for Celtic as well. A lot of expectation on his shoulders, but he, he handled it impeccably. And like you said before, you know, across the board uh, with different 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 managers, you know, that adaptability um, and a calmness, you know, and a consistency over the years. Um so, well remembered, I and a, and, a, and, a, and a cool guy that knows his songs. He came to Jack and leaving Strack and wanted to keep him though. It was Celtic had uh, been a bit slow getting a contract over to Jack, it wasn't it? And he'd shook hands elsewhere. But the yeah, time Celtic, deal with Glenn Huddle, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think Gordon wanted him to go as such. I think uh, Celtic's contract department was a wee bit slow in the up uh, of getting the, the offer and right into Jackie. They dragged their heels on their captain, Lawrence. Yeah. You know, the captain whose final game in a Celtic jersey was his testimonial against Ireland. And in that game, Willie Hockey was in the dugout, just like he was in the St. Rock's game. By the way, uh, we are 
um, having discussions at the moment. Discussions are underway for another game in 2024. It's going to be a big charity game um, involving a Celtic select. And at this moment, an, an as yet unconfirmed opponent. I cannot wait to share this with you, but obviously I need to get a few agreements in place first. Marquis, agree with the headline, hitting form, and Sunday's game is needed to dust the cobwebs off after the international break. Teams been steadily improving at Champions League level and know uh, they belong there. Now, right, let's talk about our Champions League uh, campaign so far, Lawrence. Um, there's only so many times you can say fine margins, we're learning, we're going to improve incrementally, etc., etc., because it's been kind of frustrating this season, isn't it? I mean, Feyenoord, pot one team away from home, and we get two guys sent off. Lazio, we scored which looked like a legitimate goal, brilliant goal as it was, um, and the bootlaces of Maeda meant that it was chopped off. We end up getting beat 2-1. And the man who you would never, ever expect to make the mistake makes the mistake at the back. We have been really painfully unlucky so far, haven't we, Lawrence? Just tiny, tiny wee margins. So I suppose people say football is about fine margins, but uh, I suppose in Europe, that's been the case for us for about 10 years, being on the, the wrong side of those fine margins. I, I think the final going... You know, it was good that we didn't collapse with two cent off, but I think that first half, you know, we, we really went toe to toe with them. You know, we we're unlucky going one down. It was great performance, you know, and maybe the making of the team, showing that they've got something, you know, they were fighting for each other there. You know, they, they didn't collapse. And, you, you know, Scales had a decent game there as well. You know, we, we were without a first choice back four. So I think just now, we're getting a fit Cart Vickers, a fit Hitati, which has uh, obviously resulted in better performances. So hopefully, you know, that's enough to tip the balance in these fine margins in Europe. With those two starting fully fit. But Atletico Madrid, you know, I would have said that was probably the hardest team in, in the group. So, But it's at Celtic Park. You know, we need to look to win our home games. And I suppose Ange spoke about that, you know, we should be looking to win every game, you know, when he was here. And I think, Brendan's much the same, if a bit more pragmatic in his style of how he mm-hmm. achieves that. But he'll be looking, yeah. out, looking to get three points from it. Lawrence, I'm not going to put uh, an age on you here, but you won't remember the 74 game, will you? You were too young. You weren't even born, were you? Yeah, I was, yeah? but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I don't remember it. <laughs> you know, but I don't were, remember were you just born? Yeah. I don't want to give yeah. away I don't want to give away the secret. But yeah, that's obviously fresh in the mind. There's a bit of beef, there's a bit of history. Um just I've, spoken, though, mate. I just, I've just brought this up here. Well, we're going to bring this up here um from Ridiculizer here. I see that they're going to wear their 74 replica kit tomorrow. Shameful. Well, you know what? We should have worn our um, green and white hooped kit, shouldn't we? The one that's never going to see the light of day. We should have worn that. But I've spoken to a few of the guys who were involved in obviously the um, the game against Atletico Madrid. The last time, indeed, that Celtic reached the European Cup semi final, and um, yeah, they, they booted us off the park. There was a great picture this morning posted by Celtic Curio of Wee Jinky sitting on the treatment table the following day. His legs are absolutely bruised. Um, and there was a fight in the dre- in the tunnel leading up to the dressing room after the game. I spoke to Pat McCluskey and Davey here about that, um, and they just said whatever happens in the tunnel will stay in the tunnel. Liam, does that kind of stuff still exist? Probably amongst the fan base, certainly, but is there a bit of beef with Atletico Madrid tomorrow night? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, my my, my dad was at that game uh, with uh, with my, my, my late grandfather, and he... He talks about how it was really funny because before the game, my granddad was was an absolute gentleman, and he was he was telling my dad, right, you behave yourself, none of this hooligan stuff, you know, keep you keep the heat tonight. And during the game, my dad had to physically restrain his dad from attacking one of the Atletico players after he booted wee Jinky for about the fifteenth time. Uh, my, my, my granddad was off and invading the pitch and bottling one of these guys. <laughs> so um, it's kind of hard to imagine, you know. I mean, my my granddad sadly passed away when I was only five, but you know, I um, it's hard to imagine him this this sweet old man as I remember him <laughs> being ready to square go at Atletico Madrid. You know, <laughs> football can do that to the most sane uh, of individuals, uh, Liam. But you're right; it's one of these things we do look back on. And then we had the game in the 1980s, whereby uh, due to the Rapid Vienna fiasco the season before, we played Atletico Madrid behind closed doors. So. 
pretty bad, grim, dark memories here that you're this this particular team, and I think it's about time we put them all to bed tomorrow night. I want to talk about the the team lines and and who lines up for Celtic. It might seem obvious, um, but we do have Barry O'Sullivan making a suggestion that uh, he would like to see us play three at the back and push the two fullbacks forward during our home Champions League games. Would help us get more people in the box. Um, there, there's one thing for sure. I think that um, Brennan Rogers won't be averse to making changes in that in that uh, in the shape, etc. If he feels that it's going to work in our favour. Um, however, I just think that the team kind of picks itself at the moment. Paddy Lavery, afternoon to you, sir, and uh, great to see you tuning in. When we we look at the the setup uh, tomorrow night, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest aspects of the Champions League game. Ian, is the fan base. Um, Lawrence was saying, you know, it's at Celtic Park. Yeah, anything can happen. big part of that, though, is the atmosphere and the fan base. And in recent times, um, you know, there's, there's probably fans who don't know anything except the Green Brigade and the North Curve. Uh, but obviously, I remember their inception and how they've grown and what they've added to the phenomenal atmosphere at the park. Um, but at the moment, the relationship seems pretty fractured between the Green Brigade and the club. Uh, we won't get our usual uh, TIFO tomorrow night. I'm disappointed with that, Ian. What's your thoughts? I agree. I think I think the club. Yeah, there's, there's, there has been a fractious relationship. I suppose that that's what keeps it on the edge. You know, there's an edginess about it. You know, and I think you need. Otherwise, it could become insipid if it's all pally pally. You know, um, you know the Green Brigade. They represent the fans. You know, outwardly facing. You know whether they, they they represent everyone on every every given subject all the time. I don't know, but the the board can't just keep picking and choosing. You know, um, who, who they're who they're backing and who they're you know at any sort of particular um moment. You know, these things have happened before in the past, but it will take away from the atmosphere. You know, as you know, everyone's sort of waiting with bated breath. You know, it's like the, the John Lewis advert almost. You know, everyone's waiting to see what the teeth was going to be and what's you know, especially these big. These, these these big moments, you know. So it's a shame it is lost. Um, but you know we'll get through it. I remember before 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 the, the Green Brigade, you know, and I'm sure you know it'll, it'll be the same after long after they're gone as well. Um, um, we'll, we'll we'll get through it. But yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame they're not going to be there. I can't believe the amount of comments I'm getting in the uh, in the comments field here about my wig. Unbelievable. Um, come on, ladies and gents, let's let's talk about Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I'm. I'm a bit gutted because I think that what the Green Brigade have brought um, to Celtic Park is a pulse a lot of the time, Lawrence. Um, be that with the atmosphere, uh, with the with the social commentary. And as Ian says, it's not for everybody. You know, a lot of people don't go to the football um, to see any kind of political demonstration. But I think Celtic as a football club are steeped in those traditions. You know, our very existence um, relies on a political landscape at the time in Glasgow um, and across Scotland in relation to uh, the Irish diaspora who were there in the 1880s and something had to be done. So I don't think you can just dismiss political demonstrations within a football stadium, Lawrence. I think that was wrong of the club to do that. Uh, but at the same time, there's always going to be a, a kind of fractured relationship of sorts. Otherwise, as Ian says, you know, you could probably go back to what um, the fan movement was before, where it was very much the, the the club were involved, weren't they? In the Jungle Boys, when when the Jungle Boys um, made their kind of debut at Celtic Park, and then that kind of like um, you know tapered off, and then the Green Brigade come to the fore. I I think it's a shame because I think that one of the the most unique aspects of a, a European night at Celtic Park is the fans, and the Green Brigade play a massive part in that. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. The, the, listen, I think something has to do with, I suppose, all seat a stadium. Before that, you know, you could just go with your pals. You know, as many as you were going, go wherever you want to stand, the jungle, the Celtic end, and you were together and it's easier to, I suppose, for people to generate atmosphere. But with people dotted about that you go to games with, 
the Green Brigades kind of became that kind of instrument, you know, for people to coalesce around about. But whether it's, I don't think this is a one-off incident the board have banned them from, though, is it? You know, I think it's continuous, whether it's pyros or political statements. I think there seems to be an attitude sometimes from within the Green Brigade is they'll do what they want. It doesn't matter what the rules are. We'll do what we want. And how long can they, and how often should the board tolerate that? A section of stadium that they're held, you know, financially accountable for, to just do as they wish. You know, you'd hope that between them they'd find the middle ground and they'd find a, a way to to harness that. You know, to support Celtic, especially in, on nights like the one coming up. But you know, we've seen the the amount of fines go on and on. The pyros that they're asked not to do doesn't matter. We'll do them and. Listen, I don't have any breathing problems and obviously you you got me tickets for down near the, the Green Brigade for the, the first uh, lockout at, at Celtic Park where Hattati scored one and you know, what cracking night that was. But, you know, there's other Can I give you tickets for that? Yeah, you got Can I get oh, It was Boyd Fife. It must be through. Oh, that's right. met some other yes. Fifers. Uh, yes, I do remember that. Friday. Uh-huh. Met your uncle. He, he was out seeing Liam belting out the chins. But, yeah, I get about... Got a lot of, you know you know what Lawrence there is a lot of us kicking about out there there are especially in Fife because it wasn't Fife absolutely yes but nah, it's they need to find a middle ground but and I get you know that they like to to be seen as on the edge but the, the club can only tolerate it for so long and I think maybe they've just given them the excuse they wanted to say you know this is enough. And the idea of the Celtic end, you know, when the girls were going winning for the league to kind of trial mm-hmm. that out, you thought yeah. that was great. How far away is that now? You, you, you know, how far is that going? There needs to be some compromise on both sides, but I don't think they've got leaving the, the club with much choice. I saw kind of St Paul's statement when it when it came out. It yeah. was a lot more tempered than it was maybe the statement the Green Brigade should have made, but I think. They made a statement and they just went back and down, were they? They just saying, well, that's that. They didn't seem to temper it. The board have made their decision. Uh, listen, maybe part of that was the Brendan song coming back against Hearts. Who knows? You know, with patrol of away tickets as well. But I think it's going to be a long road back for them. Because at the end of the day, if they, if they want any Celtic part, it's Celtic that sell the tickets. Yeah, you're right, and and uh, it's unfortunate that it's got to this point, Liam. Lawrence mentioned the the Celtic end. That's something that we we had a few guests on actually at the beginning of the season or the end of last season rather, talking about the plans for having the entire wall, like you know the Dortmund. Um, what do they call it? The yellow wall. Yeah. Um, so we we were talking about having something along those lines, but what it comes down to is liaison with the club. There needs to be communication, Liam. Does it come down to a breakdown in communication? Is it? Is it something that can still be sorted out between the, the fan group and the club? Well, I, I, I'm just going to temper what I'm about to say with the fact that I have a massive respect for what the Green Brigade do in a charitable sense. I fully respect their right to express their political views as anybody should have the right to do so um, in a free country. Um, I do not always agree with what they say, but I utterly respect their right to say it. Um, but what you have here is basically the unstoppable force hitting the immovable object. Um, Celtic as a football club have to operate within the current social parameters of European football. And those parameters dictate that unfortunately you are allowed to express political solidarity when it suits the narrative, but you are not allowed to express political solidarity with causes that, uh, shall we say, UEFA find less palatable. Um, Ukraine and Palestine being the, the comparable issues there. Um, and I think it's also important to point out that, you know, I don't I don't really get what was... Now, as I said before, as I said last week, I, I have friends who are directly caught up in the Israel-Palestine conflict and my sympathy is always with the victims in these things. But... I don't get what was actually that offensive about the banner. Being pro one thing does not necessarily mean you're being anti the other thing. 
There was nothing anti-Israel about what the Green Brigade said. There was nothing anti-Semitic about it. Um, and yet, and that's a word that gets thrown around a lot too far too easily in the press these days to shut down any kind of critique of what's going on over there. Um, and you know, that's that's the unfortunate reality of it. But I would just add one thing. I think that regardless of how you feel politically about that situation and about the Green Brigade, one thing that I think everybody can agree on, right? I have not heard, and maybe I'm wrong, I've not heard a single word out of Leo Abada's mouth as to how he feels about all this. And I'm sure he's terrified for his family and his friends right now. And he's obviously emotionally going through a lot and he has my sympathy for that, absolutely. But the Scottish press have largely engineered this entire thing. It was the Scottish press that had the manufactured outrage in response to the Green Brigade's banners initially. It was the Scottish press that pressured Celtic into a response, which I think was much like the banner itself was reactionary and not really well thought out and not fully aware of everything that was going on. Um, and I just think that weaponising what is essentially a war in a player's country to try and turn the, 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 the Celtic board and the Celtic fans against each other. That's a new low, even for the Scottish media. It really is quite sickening. And I really do think that is the overarching point here. Whether you agree, agree with the Green Brigade or not, whether you believe politics as a place in football or not, the utter ghouls in the media who are trying to turn this into a circus to try and create hate amongst the Celtic support are the real instigators of all this and let's not forget that no you're right i mean i've seen some of the headlines in relation to as you say turning the story about abada um having to leave celtic and all this kind of stuff and as you say no no quotes whatsoever in relation to what the player may or may not have said because he's kept it in-house and as we've already said brendan rogers has been very supportive of uh, Lila abada that's the uh, support and the atmosphere uh, discussed uh, in relation to tomorrow night's game. We will now talk about the actual team. Ridiculiza, first time I've sat and watched that Atletico 74 game. Wow, how did they get away with that? Shocking. Um, yes, absolutely. And I do remember the death threats as well. Um, Jimmy Johnson and Jock's team received death threats when they went over to play the return game over in Spain, which actually um, turned out as a 2-0 defeat, didn't it? It was nothing each at Celtic Park, 2 nothing away. Xander Mack, we are due a big performance in Europe. Hopefully it's tomorrow night. I would love to see it. And Stephen Cassidy, uh, I am not sure what I personally think about the Green Brigade, as there are upsides and downsides. But if they continue, the club will keep getting fines and possibly worse by UEFA. So the club have acted. And uh, we will see if it uh, affects negatively the... Um, the atmosphere. I know that uh, Liam's in Japan and Ian is in New Zealand. You will not be at the game. Lawrence, will you be at Celtic Park tomorrow night? No, I won't be, mate. No. Sold out? Yeah. Sold out, young James. And uh, Jerry Taylor will certainly be there uh, tomorrow. And James will be dealing with the media conference afterwards as well. Hopefully, Brennan Rogers will be in a good a good mood. Let's talk about the team then. I don't expect us to change shape, Lawrence. Let me know in the comment section if you disagree with that. This is for Celtic fans' opinions. You can agree or disagree. Let us know in the comment section. But I think in terms of the defence, a big talking point all season has been the centre-halves. Carter Vickers is back and Scales absolutely deserves his place alongside him. Another composed performance at the weekend, I felt. Um, yeah, it was a Sloppy goal to lose, but it wasn't really down to Liam Scales or Carter Vickers or any of the defenders. It was a straight pass by Maida. Um, Scales has been called the biggest surprise in Brendan Rodgers' coaching career, Lawrence. He continues to surprise to the point where you just expect him to be in the team now, don't you? Yeah. Well, what's your option? You know, who, who else is there that's, that's fit, that's up to speed? But I think what he's doing in the team, you know, for fit, he's been outstanding this season and he's a is an improvement. You know, if Aberdeen did 50 grand more in, in August, he was away. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, there's no way, you know, if we sell him in the future, I don't can't see, see it to be anyone in Scotland. You know, I, th I think it'd be down south it would be looking at him. And certainly, you know, if he continues his level of performances, it's going to be hard for anyone else to take the jersey from him. I mean, Rocky, Lagabielka, we don't know too much about them, you know, signed for decent fees. 
unlucky Stephen Welsh signs a contract, he's out injured, he prefers to play on the right-hand side anyway rather than the left. So, yeah, it's definitely scales his jersey to lose. And it's going to be hard for, for any of them to come in. Because how are they going to get a look in? It's not something Brendan's going to want to disrupt. You know, he'll want to maybe rotate his attacking players, give them a chance, get them up to speeds. But at centre-half, once you've got you know, a partnership, you want to build on it. And it is the partnership. This yeah. is the important thing, Lawrence. It's the partnership that we had last season with Starfield and Carter Vickers. And now you're getting a run of games with Carter Vickers and Scales, and it's looking solid enough. So you don't want to disrupt that, do you? No, there's no way he'll disrupt it. You know, Scales is going to start, and he will for the foreseeable future. You know, but, barring injury, why would you change it? You know, he's into well, it. You know, he's more than good enough. He's pro- proven he's more than good enough for the game in Scotland. It's the big games at Champions League level. We've potentially only got four of them left, haven't we? You know, but these are the games that we'll learn and these are the games he's going to be more tested in. You know, this is where he'll get his experience uh, and we'll, we'll just see how far he's come. At the moment, if you look at the situation, and we've got Nat Phillips, uh, a, a player who's come up as an emergency signing from Liverpool. He may or may not be at the club post-January transfer window. And you've got Lagerbjelk who's not even making it onto the bench. So at the moment, Scales is keeping out Nat Phillips and a three million pound signing, uh, Lagerbjelk, who was playing international football during the break, he's been sensational. And no matter what happens with Scales, the Scales that we now have is always going to be a different beast. Now he's either going to be that guy who's playing uh, week in week out, or he's going to be a brilliant deputy if Novroki comes back and shows that he's a wee step ahead. We don't know yet, as Lawrence says. But it's been a great story, a great journey, and we love that as football fans, don't we, Ian? Of course. I, I, I know that the Aberdeen fans are raving about him. They were they've sort of licking their lips from thinking they're going to get him back. So we've we've now seen what they were seeing. Um, and I think the, the good thing as well is the more games he's playing, the more experience he's getting, so the stronger a player he's becoming. I think he's got the natural ingredients. I think they're all there. I think now it's just the fact that he's getting games under his belt. The fact that he's, he's, he's going to be partnering with, with Carter Vickers now as well, it's only going to add to his that, that kind of armoury. Um, I can see, you know, if he keeps improving the way he is, we'll, get, we'll lose him eventually. You know, someone's going to come and pick him up, and you know, and, and, and we'll lose him. You know, so it's it's um, it's what the success story of, of all time, um, or in my memory anyway. You know, he was he was he was he was so far out the door, um, and and now we've got we've got yeah, just some player. I know. And, and the other thing that I always go back to as well, uh, we speak about the improvement, Liam, of Matt O'Reilly, uh, most improved player at Celtic, and I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm not going to deny it, but Scales is up there as well. How big a part of that is down to, obviously the player deserves immense credit, but how big a part of that is down to Brendan Rodgers as well, Liam? That's oh, huge. I mean, every time a new manager comes in, you're primarily worried about, well, I say worried about, you're your primary, your your primary thought is how are the new players that he brings in going to fit into what we've got? Yeah. But then there's all there's always at least one or two players that come from nowhere that you've thought were completely out of the picture that suddenly under the new manager, new system, they're back in there. Now Matt O'Reilly was never out of the picture, but he's definitely a much better player playing in this system now than he was last season. No question about that. And Liam Scales is, well, he is what Anthony Ralston was in the first season under Ange. A guy who we thought had absolutely no future at the club and ends up becoming a mainstay. And I think even when our first choice centre-back is fully fit, which I think, you know, is, is Navrotsky, there's going to be a, a debate to be had there as to which one of them plays because on form, Scales is undroppable right now. And I have never been happier to be more wrong about a player than I've been about Liam Scales. Um, you know, I said not Celtic class. I said good player, but not good enough for what we need um, if we're going to progress. And thus far, he has proven me and a lot of other people completely wrong. And long may it continue. But this is the thing, though. Um, you're happy to be proved wrong. This yep. is a big thing. Um, obviously, back in July... Uh, looking ahead to the new era under Brendan Rodgers, looking towards the, the season that we're now uh, well into, I, I listed the 10 players that I felt were going to leave the club. And Liam Scales was in that list. And uh, Scott Bain was in there. Um, Osazi, Urugide, Stephen Welsh, Ismail Osoro. Remember him? 
Um, <laughs> but by the way, when uh, Jackie McNamara was born 50 years ago, David Bowie was in the top 10 with Sorrel, uh, which was a wee bit better than the player of the same name. James McCarthy, Liam Shaw, David Turnbull, Mikey Johnson, Albion Ayeti. Um, so I think I've got about 50% of them right. The other ones are proving me wrong, which is great. I mean, Turnbull started the season off well. Welsh gets his contract. Bain still at the club. And of course, we've got Liam Scales. But as uh, Liam Carrigan was just saying there, Lawrence, we're going to be in a situation very soon where potentially Scales is keeping a £4.3 million signing out the team. Um, a phenomenal turnaround for, for Liam Scales. Big part of it for me is he's playing in his strongest position. Yeah, you know, left centre half, it, it, it adds a lot of balance. You know, he doesn't look as awkward as, awkward as Carol Starr felt that on occasion when the ball was played into him trying to get his feet right. But yeah, you know, we've said, you know, 50 grand he'd win away to Aberdeen, you know, so if he's made the jersey his own. Early on, he came out and somebody, you know, his post match interview and he was saying, well, look, I'm just going to give him a all. I'm going to give Brendan Rodgers a problem. I'm going to make it difficult for him to drop me. You know, and, and just that attitude, he's he just absolutely lived up to it, isn't he? He just went, no matter what, I'm going to do everything I can to stay in the team. And, you know, Naroki must be sitting there looking and going, I'm not going to get a look in. Whether he thinks he's better than him or not, because he'll know the manager won't want to break up a centre-half partnership. He'll be looking like they're winning games, they're seven points clear. You know, when am I going to look in when the league's done? You know, many would say the league was done now, but... You know, I, I think he's don't just been. Don't win leagues in October, Lawrence. You don't win leagues in October. Come on. Apparently not. Man. And with skills, since he's came into the team, he's played every minute. He's never dropped back out, and I think that he's played at such a level. Um, there, there's sometimes an expectancy uh, because obviously it's taken him a while to get to this stage. There's an expectancy that something will happen and he'll drop out the team. And I think uh, young James French said a couple of weeks ago, "Why." Why can he not be part a staple part of that central defensive partnership? And I think he's shown that he can be. But he's probably done enough, even if he has one, you know, one bad mistake. You wouldn't drop him now, would you? And yeah, go, oh, you one bad mistake, get me again. You'd be going, you know what? He's shown enough, and he's got that partnership. Because because mm-hmm. every well, look, Carter Vickers had a, a terrible mistake, you know, dribbling that out. Arguably cost us, you know, well, it definitely cost us uh, a point. Maybe all three, you know, we might have went on to win. But nobody's saying no. Oh, get rid of Carter Vickers, you know, dribbling a ball out in the last minutes or six minutes injury time. So, yeah, I, th- I think Scale's done enough that even if he has a, a bad mistake, he'd still retain his, his place. He'd need, uh, it'd be, need to be more than a mistake. It'd need to be some bad form he hit now. He's got some credit in the bank, let's just say that. Um, the Urban Culture, that game was on national news for a few days. We're talking, of course, about the 1974 European Cup semi-final, talk of throwing Madrid out, as always, it came to nothing. And Celtic have never got back to that level um, in terms of European competition. Thomas Burns' thoughts keep politics out of Celtic Park. We know this is a divisive subject. Everybody's entitled to their opinion on it. Jonathan Brown, Wednesday night is about winning a football match, not making political statements, says Jonathan. And we've also got Steve Cassidy. Fines are one thing, but if fines are continued then there are other things that can be done. Uh, play behind closed doors, for example. Ironically enough, we did play against Atletico Madrid behind closed doors back in the 1980s. And I remember someone contacting me. They had got a job as a steward just to get into the game. And he, he actually managed to take some pictures. I love all that kind of stuff. He took some pictures at the game. I want to talk about the uh, midfield position, potentially the strongest area of our park, uh, Ian when you look at Hatati, the way he's come back into his game, O'Reilly's much improved. McGregor, remember we were talking about McGregor at the beginning of the season saying that he was off form a wee bit. He's back to his usual best. That's the strongest area of our team at the moment, Ian. Is it strong enough for Champions League? Is it strong enough at that level? Time will tell. You know, you mentioned before, it's the thing you keep saying is the fine margins, you know, and the concentration levels. I think it is our strongest area. I don't think we, we you know, if we're going to have lapses of concentration or these kind of so-called weak links, it's not going to come from the midfield um, in terms of the personnel, um, but it might be a momentary lapse. You know, it's not, it's not there. We, we, we don't know. You could go out and splash 15, 20 million pounds on a player and they'll have a mistake in them, you know. Um, so I think it's as, as good as it can be in the current climate. Um 
I'm, I'm, I'm confident in that midfield. I think they're, they're really hitting a, a groove in a real form. And I think, I mean, well, I remember in the Livingston game um, when we, we had the sending off and Brendan called over his lieutenant, or his general, sorry, uh, McGregor, you know, and you could see that really close relationship and the fact that, you know, he just, it was seamless. Yeah. So, you know, McGregor's really, really um, integral to all that, you know, and he's, what a captain, you know, coming in from, he obviously learned a lot from Brown and he's got his own style um, and he's a, he's, a, he's the man, isn't he? You know, he really is. He just, he's, he's, he's just, he's huge class. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a consistently high, high performer, but he just knows it. You know, he knows his stuff. You know, there's no flies on him. See, I loved that because there was a similar moment against Rangers at Ibrox. Remember when Simunovic got sent off and straight away he's talking to Scott Brown. And then you fast forward and that now that mantle has been passed on to, to McGregor. And he's taken it again. The discussion when Postacoglu came in Ian, was around Postacoglu signing a ready-made captain. Um, and anyone within the club was saying, no, you know, if you know anything about football, Callum McGregor's the Celtic captain. And he has been a brilliant captain. Joseph McGonagall, thank you for supporting the channel. It's always appreciated. And uh, we've also got Stephen. I don't think there is a spokesperson for the Green Brigade. I think everything they do, Lawrence, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, they do by committee. So they go, they make a decision, and obviously uh, a statement is made. But there is no head of the Green Brigade, as far as I know. Anyway, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong in the, the comments field. Now, I want to talk about a wee bit about scales because part of that development, part of his success story indeed, has been the fact that he went out on loan. And there's a few other players in recent time who have done that and done it well. Uh, obviously, Callum McGregor being a brilliant example goes out to Notts County, um, having never played a game for Celtic senior team. And when he comes back, Ronnie Dyla throws him in uh, as a 21-year-old. Made his debut for Celtic at 21, making up for lost time now, though, playing about 70 games a season. Um, we've also seen it with Ryan Christie. I think we've seen it with Chris Ayer, who went to Kilmarnock, done really well. And obviously, we're now seeing it with Liam Scales. Is it something, though, Liam, that we're doing enough of? Because we do always have a pocket of maybe half a dozen guys who are not contributing season on season, Get them out on loan. And I've said before, I know we do have the agreement and the arrangement with uh, Admiral Wacker at the moment. There's a couple of boys out there. I've always thought that it's good to have these players like Christie, Ayer, like Scales, in the Scottish Premiership at the level that they're going to come back into. And also they might damage your opponents as well whilst they're out there. I don't mean by breaking legs. I mean, obviously, scoring goals against Rangers as Scales did last season. Yeah, I mean that, that that that's that's a very valid point. And funny you bring up Admira Vaka. I think that would be a perfect move for somebody like Kobayashi. Yeah. Um, away from the spotlight of the media here, he can concentrate on developing his game. There you go. There's there's our contributor just agreeing with me there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know about Yang. I think Yang's doing okay. I think he'll he he is you know he needs time to bed in. But Kobayashi really does need a loan, and I think Admiravaka would be a, a great, a great move for him, um, because as I've said before, if he goes back to Japan, it's game over in terms of his Celtic career. Um, he needs to stay in Europe, hopefully within Scotland, as you say, so he could actually help us out indirectly. Um, but if not, then I think Admira would be a, a great move for for somebody like him. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. We need we need some form of the reserve league brought back. Right? On one hand, we need a squad of, you know, twenty to twenty-five players competing for first team places in order to be good enough for Europe and to have the squad depth that we need to to fight on all fronts when it comes to every competition we're in. And you know, we cannot do that and we cannot keep these players match sharp if we don't have somewhere for them to play when they're not playing in the first team. You know, the B team model isn't working. I'll just say it now, it's not working. Um, the fact that there's been a, a real dearth of, uh, of opportunities for players in the B team to come into the first team is not down to the players themselves, it's down to the fact that there's a, such a huge gap in what's required of a player between playing against you know, Ross County, Kilmarnock, whatever, are playing against, you know, Kelty Hearts or whoever it is. I don't know, you know, that that's the that's the unfortunate reality of it. Bring back the Reserve League. That would solve so many of these problems. Um unfortunately, as uh, as you know, as I'm sure people are probably commenting, the finances dictate that it's unlikely to happen. 
as are a lot of things in Scottish football, thanks thanks to the utter incompetence of the people running it. No, you're right. And and the problem, obviously, last time round, where clubs were not prepared to spend a five-figure sum to keep a reserve team going. Uh, teams like Celtic, I think Rangers, Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, they could certainly have a reserve style system. Um, but where are the other teams going to be made up from? It's something they need to look at. That bridge just isn't there at the moment. And that is why, in many ways, uh, that and the fact that we just don't have the money of, of teams down south, etc., is why we're losing so many young players to other sides as well. We need that competitive um, bridge between the, the youth team or the B team and the first team. And obviously the next one in line for that would be Rocco Vata, which I hope doesn't happen as well. Ian, um, Kyogo scored his 60th goal in a Celtic jersey at the weekend, just 95 games in. Um, and it's going to be interesting. I don't have the stats to hand. I'm pretty sure people will be working them out. When Kyogo plays his 100th game, and potentially he's got 60-plus goals by that stage, I would guess, um, it would be interesting to compare that with the likes of Larson and Dembele. You know, first 100 games, how many goals did you score? Because his record's going to be up there, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And I think... I don't know if you guys agree. Do you think he's, he's sort of he's, he's playing the, the sort of the similar uh, games he, he was last year? It looked like early in the season he was he's been deployed in a bit more of a deep line position, but the last two or three games he seems like he's back to back, back to that Ange, that, that Ange yeah. position, which yeah. he's you know he, he plays on the on the shoulder. Just that never switches off. You know, that, really really clever, that, you know, unassuming kind of um, um, demeanour that he has on the pitch. You know, and it's like that's where he just he, he exploits those little bits of space. Right on that very edge of the game, and, and, he, and he's getting those those goals. Um, different play to Larson, of course, but um, yeah, it's um, what. Sorry, the rest of the question. What was the rest of the question? He's going to he's going to hit hundred games in the next couple yeah. of weeks, next few weeks, um, such as the fixture list, and it's going to be interesting to compare that to the likes of the the players that he's kind of been compared alongside. You know, a lot of people will say don't dare compare him to Larson. But if you look at the first 100 games that Larson played for Celtic, compare that to the first 100 games that Griffiths played because he was very prolific. Moussa Dembele would be in the discussion and Kyogo, he's going to be up there. I'm going to have to work that out unless somebody else is furiously working it out for me in the comments section. But he's definitely going to be up there. He's a modern-day player who came to Celtic maybe a wee bit uh, later on in his career than some of the aforementioned, but he is definitely making up for lost time. Matt O'Reilly said there, I, I was checking the the, the, um, the goal score. They're both on six at the moment. They're joint top goal scorers. Obviously, one of um, Kyogo's goals is in the Champions League. So they've both scored six. O'Reilly said he's going to end up scoring another 30. I'm not sure he will, but I don't think that's that important this season because there's a spread, as we've seen at Tynecastle, four goal scorers. You know, the goals are being spread out a wee bit more. We're not relying on them as much. But Ian, I think what you said there about Kyogo playing in a different role earlier in the season, very much like Greg Taylor playing in a different role earlier in the season and Brennan Rodgers has reverted back knowing that the performances weren't maybe as good as they had been under Ange Postacoglu. But that shows his adaptability as well. There was a lot of discussions um, going into the game at Tynecastle around the wingers and I think that having seen the performances at the weekend, there's no real discussion to be had. I don't think you start with Maeda and Palmer or do you think, Ian, that uh, Brendan Rodgers will throw in a surprise inclusion for someone like Yang or James Forrest? No, I mean the, the only the only shot I suppose you, you, I would I would say yes on that one would be James Forrest if anyone, and um, if he, he knows him and trusts him, but I don't think he will. I think he'll I think he'll stick with with the success uh, that we've had so far. The sort of the team against Hearts will, will likely start. Um, yeah, if it, if he changed it for 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 it was only change, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against it at all. Um, but I think I think it will be sort of business as usual. Um, in the in the first in the opening half uh, against against Atletico. Can we get a result, Ian? We can. Whether we do we do it, I, I don't know. It's it, it's always self inflicted, isn't it? It's always shooting in the foot. Um, you know, I put, I, th I think I put it on the group chat. You know that that remember the, the episode of The Simpsons where Sideshow Bob keeps he's walking about hundred rakes. He keeps hitting himself in the face. That kind of feels like Celtic in Europe. Um, so hopefully that's not the case. And um, we're due a result. Someone's due to get a pasting. Hopefully it's going to be against the Flexible. 
keep the Simpsons references coming. Lawrence, any changes to the starting lineup, and do you see Celtic getting a result tomorrow night? Yeah, no changes, mate. Palmer settled in. You're not dropping my either. And yeah, mate, I think we'll win three one. You know, it's Celtic Park. I love this. You know, confidence. It's the magic of Celtic Park. You know, so I think yeah. As Ian said, you know, we'll do a result eventually, but the team are starting to hit their stride, aren't they? You know, they're getting into Brendan's way of playing. Hattati's, you know, he's match fit now. Kat Vickers is match fit. I mean, Scales are getting the partnership together. Quite looking at positives. Listen, I love the positive. And Liam, um, same question to yourself. Do you see Rogers making any changes, any tinkerings to that team? And can you see us getting some points on the board? Right, I don't see any changes because, as Lawrence has already said, you don't you don't change a winning formula. And Palma looks the real deal now. He really has of the you know of the summer signings, he's the the pick of the bunch so far. Um, and uh, I said yesterday on Celtic Down Under that I thought we would get a two each draw. Um, I definitely think we'll score. I think that that much is is <coughs> certain. Um, but you know what? Much like Lawrence, as as the match draws closer, I'm getting more of this optimism. Might be false, I don't know, but I think we might sneak a wee three-two win. Oh, listen, I'm loving that yeah. enthusiasm. I I can just I can just see it now. You know, last minute, two each. Maeda miss hits a shot that's going towards the the Green Brigade. Cannons off one of the um, the Atletico Madrid defenders and flies into the top corner of the net. Game over. I can just make visualize it as it now. cruel as possible for them. Make yes. it as cruel as possible. Listen, thank you everybody for getting involved. Uh, this has been the Tuesday edition of a Celtic State Minds Bulletin. If you like what you hear and see, then get subscribing to the channel on YouTube. That allows you to come into the comments and wind us all up. Um, agree or disagree with our points and everything else you want to say. Get involved. Um, we also have fully produced content on the channel, the most recent one being uh, A Wander Around Paradise, which uh, was launched last night. Have a wee watch of that as well. That's a new feature, as well as the Fran Alonso and Willie Hockey interviews that went on that channel over the last couple of weeks. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Um, if you want to come and see us live, there's a show in Dundee and there's another one in Dumfries with Mark O'Neill. Ticket link underneath the video. A few tickets are still Available. Thank you to Lawrence, Ian and Liam for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Network.